Hello everybody, my name is Anne Teato and welcome to the Psychic Matters podcast, session number one. If you're already subscribed to the show, thank you so much, you Psychic Matters tribe, you're brilliant. Do make sure you subscribe to the show because today, as in every forthcoming episode, I am here to teach you proven techniques for spiritual and psychic development from the comfort of your own home. I'm also here to investigate the teachings of experts across the globe to bring you their wisdom, their advice and their spiritual wealth. In today's show, I'll be giving you a little bit of background about me and my personal journey, and I'll tell you how I became a psychic medium. I'm sure that some of my story will relate to you and your own personal experiences. Some of the things that have happened to me, some of the things I've witnessed and the strange coincidences and occurrences and synchronicities that have happened in my lifetime, I'm sure that you will also be able to relate to some of the things that have happened to you. So, let's begin. Let me tell you a little bit about me and how I developed some of my psychic and spiritual gifts. So let's go back to where I was born. I was born to my very strict Roman Catholic parents and I was one of five children. I was the middle child and I have four brothers, two are older and two are younger than me. And of course, we're all grown up now and spread across the globe. And I have to say, I'm the only one who has a very strong belief in my psychic and mediumistic side. None of the rest of my family believe in any of it. They think it's all a load of old nonsense. And um, I shouldn't think they'll be listening to this at all, but that's fine. I'm happy with that. And I appreciate other people's point of view is not my point of view. But I was born in Croydon and I grew up there until I was four. And I don't remember too much about that episode in my life, except to say that there is one thing that stands out in my mind. And that's something that happened when I was a baby in a pushchair. And it must have been in Croydon because we left there when I was four years old. I remember sitting in a pram and my mother went into a shop because back in those days you left your children outside the shop and they were spoken to by any old passerby and tickled under the chin and cooed over by people and it was quite safe to do that years ago. Anyway, I was sitting outside happily in my pushchair and I remember looking across at two workmen and although I couldn't speak, I knew that I had no words, I couldn't speak, I could see that they were about to dig a hole in the road with a big pneumatic drill. And I remember sending them thoughts, I suppose, as if to say, please don't turn on the pneumatic drill because it's going to make me cry. It will shock me. I remember that very distinctly as being my thoughts. And of course, they had work to do. They turned on the pneumatic drill and my human self jumped out of its skin and started to wail and bawl. And I remember the two workmen uh, stopped their pneumatic drill and came over to give me that little tickle under the chin and make sure that I was all right. And then my mother came out of the shop and exchanged a few pleasantries with the workmen and we all went on our merry way. And I just remember my soul self looking out through my human eyes and knowing that I was unable to communicate to those two gentlemen my fears. It has just really stuck in my head 
that it was a very significant memory in my childhood of being outside of my conscious mind. So that was my baby in the pram story. When I was four, my family moved to Colchester in Essex, which is a beautiful town. It's an old Roman town. Its Roman name is Camulodunum, and it's Britain's oldest recorded town, actually. And I had an incredibly happy childhood there growing up until the age of 18 when I moved to London. But while I was there in Colchester, I grew up, as I said, with my four brothers. And I remember, again, I must have been very, very young. I was probably about five years old. And I remember lying in my bed as a child and very distinctly remember spirit faces coming out of the wall to talk to me. And it wasn't frightening at all. It was actually rather lovely. I remember all these faces lined up on my left hand side because that's where the wall was. And they would come forward one at a time. They would come forward. They would speak to me. And then another one would come forward and the previous one would fade back and so on and so forth. So there might be maybe 15 or 20 faces at one time coming forward and melting back into the wall and coming forward and melting back into the wall. And I used to talk to them. I used to talk to them about all sorts of things. And I remember one night, my poor mother, who had five children and was probably utterly exhausted, screaming out to me to be quiet. And I got such a fright because she was so angry. It was awful. So I asked the voices not to come and see me anymore because I thought I would be so told off by my human mother. And they never came again. Uh, so that was one thing that I... I very, very distinctly remember. And then fast forward to probably my teen years and things started to pick up a little bit on the psychic side. And I would be walking to school and before I left my family home, I would know exactly who I would meet on the way to school. I would know which school friends I would meet. I would know exactly the part of the path they would be on when I would walk and meet them, whether they would be at the bus stop or around the corner by the park bench, etc, etc. So that was very interesting. I also knew things like if my brothers were playing table football, which they often did, I knew who would score the next goal. I knew what the score would be at the end of the match, etc, etc. I also remember walking home from Colchester town and going home to my family house. And I remember seeing spirit people walking on the streets that other people couldn't see. And I'm not talking about Roman centurions or anything like that. I'm just talking about random people, people at the bus stop. I remember walking home with a boyfriend once. I was probably about 16 or 17. And I said to him, can you see those two ladies at the bus stop? And he said, no. And I said, but you must be able to see them. They're right there. There's one sitting down with a bag of shopping, leaning on a walking stick, and the other one's really tall and thin. And he was like, there's nobody there. And I was like, they are there. Can't you see them? Don't be ridiculous. They're right in front of your eyes. And I couldn't believe that he couldn't see them. And yet I could see them so clearly. So that was rather strange. But again, for some reason, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, Everybody could see what I could see, apart from maybe perhaps that boyfriend. <laughs> it was all just kind of normal for me. As a late teenager, I remember I bought my first pack of tarot cards. It was a Rider weight pack and I've still got them actually. 
I still have those tarot cards to this day and I still do all my psychic readings with that same tarot pack as I love them so much and they're very old and faded over time but they're beautiful beautiful cards but I remember reading for friends I always um, used to just read for friends and at first it was always using the book and trying to work out and trying to remember. I mean, goodness, there are so many cards in a tarot pack and trying to remember all the different meanings. It was almost impossible. In fact, it still is. Um, I remember them being so accurate that I was really frightened. I was so frightened because they would reflect when I laid out the cards exactly what was happening in my life. And I was so scared that I used to sleep with them outside my bedroom door. It was bizarre. I mean, of course, I realise now that there's no magic in the cards. That there's nothing in the cards. The magic is inside of us. It's us who have the power to interpret. It's us who have the intuition and the innate knowing and the innate knowledge to know how to read those cards. They're just pieces of paper with pictures on and some printed ink. There's nothing magic about them. But again, at the time, there was nobody to teach you. Where do you go for those kind of lessons? Uh, all we know, and probably even to this day, all we really know about psychic and mediumship worlds is stuff that we, inverted commas, learn about in Hollywood movies. And that is not the truth. That's some Hollywood producer making up a story or some wonderfully imaginative scriptwriter making up a story and the director interpreting that for our entertainment. But that is not fact. That is complete fiction. Hence, this is one of the reasons I'm starting this podcast. So people have somewhere to go to learn and to educate themselves. So let me get back to my life story. I'm just going to have a swig of water. Hold on a second. That's ah, better. So that was my teenage years. And I got my tarot cards and I read for friends for years and years and years. And in my 20s and 30s, I began to truly, truly understand that I had this psychic ability and this psychic gift because I had such strong evidence of it through the tarot cards and through other uh, psychic knowing. In my 20s and 30s, I was extremely sceptical about mediumship. I really struggled to believe that there was a spirit world, even though I'd gone for training courses in mediumship specifically, and I'd given messages to people from the spirit world that were completely accurate. I, I was still very, very sceptical. So in my 20s and 30s, I spent a lot of time reading a lot of New Age books and materials to try to increase my knowledge about the esoteric worlds and paranormal science. Moving forward into my early 30s, that's when things really began to hit it off for me. When I was pregnant with my second child, I went to a medium and he told me that the baby daughter I was carrying and I had shared a lifetime together before. And that was interesting, but I just thought, yeah, 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 yada, 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 whatever, lovely message. <laughs> but it was very, very interesting because after she grew up, she was probably, well, 
She was very small, but she could string some sentences together. She was well able to speak, so she must have been maybe maybe six. Um, and she came to me one day and she said, Mummy, do you remember when we died together? And I was like, what? And she said, do you remember when we died together? And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, you remember, we used to live together and I was your mummy and you were my daughter and we died together. And I said to her, what happened? And she said, well, we were just watching and all the houses fell down all around us and then we died. And that was very, very strange. I mean, she had no idea. I'd never spoken about it to anybody. I'd never mentioned it to her. I'd never mentioned it on the telephone. Hadn't written it down anywhere. She couldn't possibly have known that that medium had told me that. So that was, I found that fascinating. So that was my baby daughter. And then in my 30s, spirit people and spirit animals would start arriving in my kitchen in the stairwell of my house and in my car. So I became aware of shadows and I became aware of spirits of dogs and mice, actually. Rats and mice would come into the kitchen. I don't mind rats and mice in reality. So, (laughs) you know, in the physical world, I don't mind them at all. I quite like them. So I wasn't worried about seeing rats, spirit rats in my kitchen, but it was odd. It was really odd. Uh, Um. I would see shadows of hands or I was very aware of a little boy that would come into the kitchen and he'd sort of play around. I remember when I was doing ironing and things, he'd be he'd be running in and out under the ironing board. It was it was odd. And um, one thing that really started to happen was a spirit man kept appearing in my son's bedroom doorway. So it was just at the time my son was about four years old. It was before my daughter was born and I was a single parent. So I was at home and I could just see this spirit man in the bedroom, in my son's bedroom. And it really, really frightened me because I could see him so clearly. He had a big black cloak on and a big hat. In fact, he looked like the silhouette on a bottle of salmon's port. I think it's it salmon. I can't remember the make of the port. But anyway, I was so petrified. And I used to say to friends, can you see that man in the doorway? Can't you see him? Can't you see him? And they were like, Annie, there's nobody there. And I'm like, there he is. He's right there. I can't go into my son's bedroom. He's standing right there. You've got to be able to see him. And nobody could see him and I couldn't understand it. It was was as clear as day to me. So that was all very strange. And one unusual thing that did happen, I remember being down the end of the garden, uh, having a bonfire, unusual in the middle of London. So it must have been, um, I don't know where I got the wood from, come to think of it. Anyway, we were having a, a bonfire at the end of the garden. We were sitting around it, me and some friends. And a friend of mine said, and there was nobody in the house. My son was asleep in the bedroom. And we were just at the end of the garden. And... My friend said, Annie, I've just seen a guy with a cape, a big cloak and a big tall black hat going into the back door and into the house. And I said, oh, that's OK. That's that's uh, my son's spirit guide. <laughs> and she was like, I've got to go and investigate. Of course, there's nobody in the house. <laughs> but that was fascinating because somebody else had seen him. It wasn't just me. 
That was fascinating. Anyway, fast forward. I managed one night to get down to the pub and left my children. I must have had a babysitter. Some absolutely rare blue moon must have been shining. I actually got out for the night. I went to the pub and I was having a drink with a friend and a gentleman came up to me and he said to me, you're a medium. And I was so astonished. And I said, how do you know that? He said, I'm the seventh son of a seventh son and I'm also a medium and I have a gift and you have a gift also and you need to go and study with a psychic called Tony Stockwell, who's one of the world's top psychic mediums. At the time, I had no idea who Tony Stockwell was. So I came home and I looked him up and I saw that he was this world famous psychic medium and I saw at the time he was working at the College of Psychic Studies in Kensington and I also saw that the College of Psychic Studies was having an open day so I decided to go along to the open day. So while I was there I made an inquiry at reception and I said is it possible to have a private reading with Tony Stockwell and they said no. He's got a one year waiting list and he's not taking anyone onto it at the moment because it's so long. So I said, no problem. And I went upstairs and I had a look around and they had a raffle. And I didn't really have much money, but I decided to buy a raffle ticket. And it was one of those raffles where there were many prizes on the table and you could go up if you won a prize, you could go up and choose whichever prize you wanted. So... Uh, raffle tickets were being pulled and I watched while six people went up and won their prizes and collected some beautiful things. And then all of a sudden, my raffle ticket was called out. And I couldn't believe it because I never, ever win a raffle. And I went up to the table to choose my prize. And on the table was lying a little envelope and it said on the front, private reading with Tony Stockwell. And of course, I claimed that prize. So I had to wait about six months, actually, for a reading with Tony. So he was very busy. But finally, the day came round and I went to see him. And it was a fascinating reading. I remember he said all kinds of amazing things about my children that he couldn't possibly have known. And he gave me messages from relatives of mine in the spirit world. And one of the things he did say to me was that I was a medium. And that was all the clarification that I needed, really, uh, I suppose, to get me started. And ultimately for me uh, to take myself seriously as a psychic medium, because I knew something was going on, obviously. uh, But to have Tony actually affirm and confirm that that was why I was experiencing all these different and strange things. That was such a relief. And I'd done some training at this stage and I'd gone And I'd started to go to the Spiritualists Association of Great Britain. And I took some classes there and I went and I studied at the College of Psychic Studies. And I took some classes with some of the medium tutors there. And I was starting to make some headway into that area by doing all this training. So um, I saw that I, I trained with Tony as well. I'd gone over to his studio in Wickford for one or two little small mini weekend uh, one day courses or weekend courses. And um, a little while later, I saw that Tony was holding a one year mentorship program for advanced mediumship skills or advancing your mediumship skills. And uh, this was when I was in my mid 40s. I decided it was time. 
It was my early 40s, actually. And I decided it was time to either take this whole thing very, very seriously or to stop it altogether because it was getting absolutely crazy. I was seeing all these spirit people and shadows and things are moving in the house. And um, I mean, I don't mean chairs sliding across the floor or anything like that, but things like I'd put my keys down and I know I put them one place and I'd find them in another place or things would suddenly appear that weren't there a few minutes ago like necklaces and things like that it was just unsettling shall we say um so what happened was I try I trained with Tony for three years and I did back-to-back one-year mentorship programs each time so the first mentorship program I did with him was a one-year program in advancing my mediumship skills. The second year was in advancing my teacher training in spiritual matters. And the third mentorship program was in doing platform mediumship, where you get up in front of a congregation of people or an audience of people and you stand up on a stage or a platform in America, I believe you call it gallery mediumship and you deliver messages from people in the spirit world so I met some incredible mediums with some incredible talent and incredible people and I learned absolutely incredible things by developing my sensitivity all the time and it's through that intense training with Tony that I realized and came to know and became absolutely one million percent certain that mediumship is totally real and I am not making it up and that spirit people genuinely can communicate with us and do communicate with us from the spirit world. It is absolutely extraordinary and I went from being an absolutely complete total skeptic to becoming Tony Stockwell's assistant And now I help Tony out on his online programs. So if anybody wants to go and study with Tony Stockwell, I can recommend him so highly. I think if you're wanting to develop, I think to choose a mentor and stick with them for a few years and learn everything they have to teach you. I think that shows a real commitment to your desire to develop and having A mentor whom you can ask anything of is an absolute godsend, especially in this kind of work where you have so many questions and you're so frightened and you're so unsure and you're opening up this part of yourself that is so incredibly vulnerable and so incredibly sensitive. You're so sensitive to the energies around you. As I've developed my mediumship and psychic skills I have become so sensitive to people's energy I find it sometimes very very difficult to be out in crowds of people I mean I live in the middle of London and I find it very difficult sometimes to be in Oxford Street say for instance amongst all the shoppers and the busyness I find it very difficult to be on the tube sometimes with so many people And I'm training at the moment, not very well, (laughs) but I'm training for a half marathon. And one of the things I find really difficult is being in the slipstream of somebody who, if they run past me, which 
frankly, most people do. I'm quite slow. <laughs> and then they run past and then they slip in front of me and I find myself running directly behind them. I can feel the stress of their run through the energetic field that I have to follow after. And I find that really extraordinarily difficult. And I always have to move aside from somebody who's running in front of me directly. So all this sensitivity becomes very, very heightened when you're developing and learning all of these skills. And there are certain films I just cannot watch. I can't watch a lot of television if it's got anybody in pain or anything to do with children in distress or animals in distress. There's just certain things I can no longer watch. There are certain foods I can no longer eat. There are certain smells I can no longer bear. It's an extraordinary thing developing your psychic side and your intuitive side because you open up and you become um, and learn how to be so very sensitive to energies. Anyway, so I learned with Tony. I still learn with Tony. I absolutely adore him. And he's also become a very beautiful friend. So if you want to go and look him up, you can find him at www.tonystockwell.com. And he has many, many programs at his place of study, which is called Soul Space. And it's in Billericay in Essex. So do go along there, Soul Space, and take one of his programs or he also has a lot of programs online and I help Tony with all of his online programs. So if you did want to contact him and learn about his online programs, he teaches across the globe, teaches for the American time zone at the moment. He's doing a program in trance and um, he's doing a program in advancing mediumship. I know that he has a new trance program starting in June. And I know that he's also got in mind uh, to do mentorships, I believe, in other topics, possibly psychic detection coming up. Um, I know other advancing mediumship courses are coming. So if you're interested in any of those, and I know that Tony's working on announcing all kinds of new things um, all the time, you can find details in my show notes on my website. And you can also contact me if you want to train with him. <laughs> Weirdly enough, you can contact Tony Stockwell, PA, personal assistant at gmail.com. And that will actually come through to me and I'll be able to send you any information for Tony's online programs only. If you want to study with him at his centre in Billericay, then you will need to contact Stuart Borley and he can be contacted through info at TonyStockwell.com and Stuart will be able to send you anything else. I just look after Tony's online programs. Okay, so I studied with Tony Stockwell and I've also trained, um, trained with Tony at Omega in New York. I went over to the USA and had the good fortune to study a week of trance mediumship with him. And I've also gone over to the Edgar Casey Center in Virginia Beach, USA, to study past life regression hypnotherapy. In fact, that is one of the things I am really very interested in at the moment with my spirituality. I'm doing some experimental work 
in taking people deep into hypnosis so that they can access the spirit world and meet their loved ones in the spirit world and have this sort of three-dimensional experience of meeting their friends or family who've passed a spirit. It's very experimental work, so um, but it is fascinating and people are really enjoying and loving the experiences um, of uh, this uh, past it's not past life regression, but it's deep hypnosis that I'm taking people on at the moment. So I'm combining that with my mediumship skills. So that's me. And um, through my learning and development, I've also trained as a crystal healer. I'm a qualified Reiki healer and a qualified as a Rahani healer as well and qualified in Indian head massage. <laughs> um, I've done courses in all kinds of things. I've done runes, witchcraft, um, Norse gods, you name it, I've done it. <laughs> um, I've done all these things over the years in order to increase my understanding, I suppose, of um, paranormal science. Uh, I have this insatiable, I can't say it, I have this insatiable curiosity for all things paranormal and trying to get the bot to the bottom of things. Um. You know, it's my belief that we can truly communicate with the spirit world. And surely if we can do that, which I believe that we absolutely definitely can, then surely we must be able to use that incredible two-way communication for much more than just bringing messages through from grandma in the spirit world. Surely as a human race, um, we're able to contact the other world, then we can be looking at using our skills and talents in so many different ways. And surely if we have got this two-way communication between our world and the spirit world, that really does redefine the significance of living. Through this podcast, Psychic Matters, I'm going to be teaching you all the methods that I've learned on how to open up your psychic awareness, how to contact people from the spirit world, how to blend your energy without the spirit world in order to bring messages through, etc, etc. So I hope that's given you a little bit of an insight into who I am and my background and what I'm all about as a psychic. I'm very, very approachable. So do feel free to contact me through the Psychic Matters Facebook page, which I've just set up this afternoon. So um, you can go there and we can chat to each other and we can have some very interesting and curious conversations about um, our development. So that's me. And I look forward to sharing a lot more about myself as this podcast unfolds. A very big thank you to all of you, you Psychic Matters tribe. You are incredible. And I really do hope that you enjoyed that episode. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you hit the subscribe button because next week we're going to start at the beginning. I will be talking about the soul and the big difference between your conscious mind and your true soul self. We'll be looking at ways you can experience your own soul. I'll give you some techniques on how to listen to your unique soul's calling as together we investigate the possibility of becoming truly alive. 
After you've finished listening to this episode, as it's my very first one, I'd like to celebrate by giving you a free gift called Signs from the Universe. It's a little download I put together, just one page PDF of my favourite tips for you on becoming aware that we are not here alone. We have a whole team of spirit helpers guiding and helping us along the way. Please do visit my website, go to anteata.com slash thank you, that's www.anntheato.com slash thank you and that will take you to a place where you can put in your name and email and I can send my PDF gift to you immediately. I'll be putting together some additional resources as well which we put a little, little, which will be put up on my website for free download over the coming weeks so do keep an eye out for those and lastly please know that I am here to help you out. So what do you need help with? What do you want to know about? I would love your suggestions for any topics you want me to explore or any particular person you would like me to interview. Just ask and I will see if I can invite them to the show. Just ask and I will endeavour to serve. If you'd like to carry on the conversation with me and with each other or to let me know what you would like me to cover in this podcast, please do head over to Facebook and search for the Psychic Matters podcast group page. Once more, my name is Anne Teato and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters. <laughs>